Today's episode is presented by Early Bird. Early Bird is the simplest way for parents, family, and friends to collectively invest in a child's financial future starting at the earliest age. Early Bird's mobile app empowers parents and families to start saving for their child's financial future in a matter of minutes while activating a child's broader community to gift contributions on birthdays, holidays, or any occasion. Look, it's hard to save money. Uh, it's something that uh, I wish sometimes I were I was better at, but have worked hard to get where I'm at now. Uh, obviously, want to set kids up better for the future, so saving early is super super important. We here at Films in Black and White are teaming up with Early Bird to give our listeners a free fifteen dollar investment to gift to a child you love. Simply go to the link in our show notes, download the app, and create an account today. Early Bird, build the nest and invest in the children you love. What's up, everybody? It is your boy, Doug Wagner, from Films in Black and White. You know, we love being an independent podcast and turning out high-quality content that you know and love week in and week out. There are, however, some costs associated with that particular content, and we are asking everybody, if you love the show or if you love independent podcasts, head over to patreon.com slash films in black and white and sign up for one of our tiers there. Each one of these tiers gets you access to some exclusive content such as our weekly live stream, video episodes of the show, early access to bonus episodes of the show, uh, and just so much more as we continue to grow and develop. So again, head over to patreon.com slash films in black and white, sign up there and help us keep this independent thing going for you all. Now, on with the show. There's no need for this critic to go into the bathroom and get pressured by this random artist to say the name. Now, curiosity is a thing. Right. And as oftentimes as we say, who in the hell would do some shit like that? I said it several times as I was driving home. <laughs> you may fire when ready. podcast to give you a fresh perspective on movies, comics, and pop culture. We aren't afraid to give you an honest take and won't pull any punches. This is Films in Black and White. Welcome to Films in Black and White, everybody. How are you all feeling? Uh, we are thrilled to be with you today, but you'll notice that I am only joined by a one uh, Marcus J. Destin. We're uh, missing a piece of vanilla. We are. And I want to just, Marcus, if you'll, if you'll oblige me, I would just want to try yes. to quick. Yes. Okay. I'm going to bring this up just on myself. Just hang in there. Films in black and white. 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 Films in black and oh white. Oh, my Brian? God. Brian? Oh, nope. my God. I can't there. believe I can't believe you just did that. I just tried to summon Brian from the other dimension or wherever the hell it is he <laughs> might be coming all, from. Why didn't you say his name or at least his TikTok name? That probably would have resurrected him. Oh, that might have done it better. Yeah, yeah, I probably did it wrong. I don't know. He's probably got some, it sounded like he has some work shit he's dealing with. I don't want to like pull him out of that because that's my big question about this that we'll get into later. But um, <laughs> what other shit are they doing? Like reading the paper and then he's got to get up and show up. Um, but anyway, we are excited to join you. It is the Doug and Marcus show. Uh, throwing it back to the ori- the, the old school days. Old school. Oh, geez. Which I'm very excited about. Marcus, how are you feeling? 
I'm good. It's a, you know, it's a, it's a it's a good day to podcast. You know, what I mean, Candy, we I'm excited to talk about Candyman. I have not had time to debrief about it. Yeah. So I am genuinely excited to talk about Candyman. I am also excited to talk yeah, about Candyman now. Good. For some of you listening, uh, we were supposed to do a um, a viewer submitted movie. We were supposed to watch The Wicker Man starring Nicolas Cage. Um, thank God Brian saved us. <laughs> but Brian um, had an, had another commitment. Um, and so we we're going to save that for another day. So we will let you all know when we are going to do our first ever viewer submitted uh, recommendation with The Wicker Man. Um but Brian, but Marcus, we have to play a fun game of catch that quotable. And this yes. is my chance. This, this is my chance to inch myself clo- closer. Yeah, yeah. I don't have to compete with Brian. Yeah. So I can see if I can get myself into that room. Yeah. But I, you are I in the lead. So I'll let Brian, you go first. For Brian and I, I am going to hold it down and t- okay. to keep you from getting closer. That's um, that's what's needed. That's what kings do. Um, anybody in charge ever <laughs> clings to power, they choose to cling to it. That's true. That's a very All good right, point. Well, I'm going to have you go first. Okay. Okay. Yes. I right am. Right to party. I'm. I'm gonna. I'm gonna. That's exactly what I'm gonna do. Yeah. Yeah. Um. So, are you ready? Yes. Go. Come on, Eddie. I'm paying you well. Does it really matter where the money comes from? It matters to me. I may not be. I may not make an honest buck, but I'm 100% American. I don't work for no two-bit Nazi. Let the girl go. Okay. I'm going to read this one more time. Okay. And I included names in there because I'm not sure if it's going to help. Come on, Eddie. I'm paying you well. Does it really matter where the money comes from? It matters to me. I may not make an honest buck, but I'm 100% American. I don't work for no two-bit Nazi. Let the girl go. Damn it. Okay. Who got kidnapped? This is gonna be this is gonna be interesting. Um, I feel like I know what this is, and I've definitely seen this movie before. Mm-hmm. Um, if I can at least figure out who is getting kidnapped, it's either yeah. somebody's gotten kidnapped or something. Let's go ahead and smash the hint button. I'm not just gonna bask in this for too long. So, what's okay. the hint? The hint is rocket. Rocket. You know, I'm thinking Rocketeer. Holy because shit. Because I've seen something about Disney Plus. Something holy about fucking, 30 holy years. fucking shit. Is it Rocketeer? You got it right out of there. Oh my <laughs> like, God. Bam. Like, this, you is like two weeks. this is two weeks in a row. You that's crazy. Duck hunted that shit. Like just that's out crazy. of no. You know what? I'm thinking Rocketeer. Like, god damn. Yeah. Hey, good work. Crazy. You know, is that the that's the original Rocketeer movie, right? Yep, it is. Okay. That's what I thought. That's an old movie. I've seen that twice. I think I've seen it twice, both by accident. Yeah. I That movie for me is one of those that's like, it's just ingrained in my head. Like, yes. not the complete movie, but like different scenes. Yeah. Like, I remember when he finds the, like, the rocket pack and he ends up like crashing through a barn and he yes. ends up in the hay. I like, yes. I remember those moments about this movie. Um, And I think you kind of alluded to it. Like, the Rocketeer is getting a Disney Plus sequel mm-hmm. and it is rumored to be covering a, like, a former Tuskegee Airman. Who's going mm. to take the mantle of the Rocketeer going oh, forward? So Disney working that okay. diversity in there. Disney's making sure they they said we won't play about this diversity thing. We're gonna do it. And they, yeah, they, yeah. they 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 trying their best. Absolutely. What's interesting that um the Rocketeer falls in the same category as and now you gotta give me a second here. The guy who played the mummy 
in The Mummy Returns, he played a purple superhero in a purple suit and in like in a forest and he rode a white horse. Is it um it oh, was the Phantom? Not... No, it's not the Phantom, it's the Shadow. The it, is it the Shadow? He had a purple yeah. skin type yeah. of suit. Yep. Yes. And he had a ring on and he rode this white horse. Those two move, movies fall in the same category for me because I No, you're them... right. It is the Phantom. Sorry, the Shadow is, is the, the one with the Shadow is the one with Alec Baldwin. The oh, Phantom is the, the Phantom is this one. You are the, correct. It the is the Phantom, Phantom is so it's so interesting. Phantom and the Rocketeer mm-hmm. are like two of those movies I can never watch or find on purpose, but right. I always see them by accident. They just show up. Like they just, nobody they just invited you. You're just yeah. here now. Yeah. Oh, I did enjoy the Phantom. So yeah. Um, um they are they are old school, they feel like old school 40s movies that yes. they're like, hey, you know what the people are really clamoring for? Yeah. Whatever happened to the shadow? People are like, "Who the fuck is the shadow?" They're like, "Well, Alec Baldwin's in it. You'll find out." Like, what? Well, Why? What's, what's the other one with uh? It's not. There is a movie called Blank Man. But it's Dark Man. You ever seen Dark Man? Uh uh-uh. uh No, not at all. Dark Man. I think this guy gets scientist gets his face melted. Right. He oh then God. develops okay. this. He it was like an R-rated superhero anti-hero movie. Right. Yeah. He goes like basically on this Punisher like killing spree for the people who killed his wife and his family and he has the ability he was a scientist who was making faces so he can take other people's faces and make like a mask but it only lasted for like 30 minutes because that was like the prosthetic it started melting off after a while but his real face was like melted and bandaged and stuff like that what if Clayface were like a superhero basically essentially yes yeah yeah that was a dark I think that was called dark man I don't know why I keep thinking Liam Neeson was in it but that definitely was probably not Liam Neeson Oh my god! Yeah. Well, hey, that's fun. Yeah, that was it. That was good. That was a good, uh, good throwback. Good throwback. Okay, I'm happy I could throw that back for you. Here we go. <laughs> my god, you're right. It is Liam Neeson plays Dark Man. Oh, was it Liam Neeson? Yeah, Liam Neeson oh, is in wow. it. Uh, Liam Neeson is in it. Francis McDormand is in it. Bruce Campbell is in this. Um, yeah, this is. You should watch is... that sometime. Okay. You probably laugh at it now. I, I probably would. Oh, it was directed by Sam Raimi, who is the same one who did the first okay. Spider-Man movie. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, so there you yeah, go. That makes sense. Okay, anyway, here we go. Continue. <clears throat> so we meet again. This is this is so this is dialogue between two people. I'll say okay. This. okay. Okay. So we meet again. Well, I'm not surprised. Guys like you tend to cling to the bowl no matter how many times you flush. Oh man. One more, one more time. So we meet again. Well, I'm not surprised. Guys like you tend to cling to the bowl no matter how many times you flush. Oh, this is like an action movie, and it's like a okay. Oh, it. I, I'm getting like Bruce Willis vibes from the third Die Hard. That's okay. that is exactly what I'm getting. Like okay. they're standing off in some warehouse, and someone's bloody and. It's just that's the vibe I'm getting, but it has that like comedic element to it too. But I can't quite place it. I'm be mad when either way, I'm be mad when I find out what this is because I, I feel like I know, know this. It. I feel okay. like I feel like you know this. Okay, okay, well, I'm gonna smash that hint button. Okay, here's what I'm gonna give you for a hint. I'm gonna give you the year it came out. Okay. Okay, I don't know if that's gonna help you or hinder you. Maybe not. I don't know. Okay. Uh, <laughs> actually, I'm not gonna. That doesn't feel fair. Okay. Okay. That's okay. fine. I'm gonna give you a word. Okay. Yukon. Yukon? Uh-huh. Oh my god, Yukon. Mm-hmm. Marcus, is this walking tall? No, it is not walking tall. 
Man. Good, good movie though. That's a great yes. movie. This is Nick Fury, Agent of Shield, came out in 1998. Oh, this is the oh one with David God. Hasselhoff though. Oh my God! Yeah, this is this that is, is a throwback for sure. That's that was so we are on the throw. We are back. We are on the same page as far as like throwbacks go. Yeah, um, yeah. So like mid 90s, like mm-hmm. we were just kind of taking it back. Yeah, That's for those good... of you that don't remember before Samuel Jackson, Daniel uh uh uh, uh Hasselhoff. Yeah. Was Nick Fury the like eye patching agent of Shield Marvel agent Nick Fury? Yeah, you know I don't know if y'all remember that, but go back and look it up. And if you're ever curious, go back and look at some of the, go back and look at some of the superheroes that they had like back when they first tried to do like Captain America. Mm-hmm. I mean, obviously Lou Ferrigno is the Hulk is pretty incredible, but like go back and look and at Thor. like what Captain America and Thor looked like like yeah. back in the late eighties, early nineties. Yeah. Um, they were come a joke. A, we've come a long way, everybody. Yeah. Like, even the Fantastic <laughs> Four. If you ever go and look. If, if somebody can even find that Fantastic Four original movie, um, oh sure, the live action one, like the old one, like in the nineties, I think it was like terrible. It was terrible. Yeah, it's uh, yeah, they're all they are all rough for sure, yeah. and you can tell that like even the internet's like trying to bury them because when you Google like the Fantastic Four, it's like oh man, we are putting this way far down yeah. under. Yeah. The Fantastic Square Four, and then the two with uh, <laughs> with Chris Evans as the flat as um, Johnny Storm. Fantastic so, Square Four. The Fantastic Square Four. So, um, well, that was a great round. I mean, yeah. you actually, to be honest with you, uh, Marcus, you are now in the lead. You've officially taken the lead from Brian. Um, <laughs> you, you've earned it. You've earned it, and we're really happy with you. Yeah. Yeah. Um, after after all you've been through from the from the butterscotch soda to where you are now, so. snatching Black History Month for me, I am back on top. Look at us. That's right. Black people so resilient. I mean, I don't. I can't comment because it feels weird if I do. But look at you. There's <laughs> a nice crisp thumbs up for you. It's like hey. Yeah, whatever you um, feel, I feel. Yep, that's right. Um, well, Marcus, we have a movie to get to. Well, and I, as I, I want to talk about some some news. Okay, please, um, let's get into it. There's two things because the last episode of the podcast we had, we Spider Man came out, and we we it's were true. in a fluster, right? It was everywhere, <laughs> it all was, at once. <laughs> so I did kind of want to get just a quick feeling about how you felt about the trailer. Oh sure. And your initial reaction or and like even maybe like what you think is going to happen right before we get into Ooh, the movie. Okay. So, um So first off, I need to people to understand me as a as a comic book movie fan. Okay. Whatever the loudest opinion is, I'm usually like, yeah, maybe it's that. <laughs> <laughs> so, like I and I and it it hurt me when WandaVision came out and yeah. they kept like alluding to like Mephisto and even Brian and Marcus had moved on because they're smarter than me and they were essentially like Doug that's there's no way that that's it I'm like I don't know it could still it still could it be could, him like be they were just talking about it yeah so but my first reaction to the trailer um I'm to be honest floored like I I think that it's a this movie is going to be incredible uh mm-hmm. just in its 
if it if it achieves what it does and it's structured the right way and it doesn't get too busy and they don't try to do too much, um, they haven't put what I like about this is that they haven't put all the heavy lifting on Spider-Man. And I think that yeah. that's why Spider-Man three was such a challenge. Um, I don't think it was Toby's acting or even the directing. I think just from a writing perspective, they put too much on Spider-Man to do. And this load seems to be shared by um, Tom. Oh, fuck. What's his last name? Uh, Tom Holland. Tom, Tom Holland is going to do a lot of the lifting. Yeah, yeah. Um, Doctor Toby Strange Moore. is going to Doctor Strange is going to do a lot of lifting. Yeah. Toby, you're going to bring in other people to share the burden of trying to do such a complex storyline. So, yeah. um, the part where Alfred Molina says "Hello, Peter" is amazing. I definitely I, I got chills at that. I got chills at Willem Dafoe's like Green Goblin laugh mm -hmm. that I was really excited about. So. Mm -hmm. I'm genuinely excited for this movie and that hype absolutely took me to the next level. The other thing that makes me excited is they released the runtime of this. Yeah. What is it? 150 minutes, right? A hundred, two and a half hours yeah. um, of, of just following this. So I'm pretty jacked about what's going to happen. So yeah. um, what was your reaction before we get into speculation? What was your reaction to the trailer? You know, for me, I was, I'm excited. I'm excited for multiple reasons. I, Obviously, you're bringing back the OGs, right? Um, even in villains and in superheroes, possibly, sure. right? We don't know that for sure. But what I'm really impressed with is Tom Holland. Yeah, he, he like the ability to grow as this Spider-Man character. He seems very invested into it. And mm -hmm. from the short trailer that this was, this scenario is not an easy scenario, and it's no. not a kiddish one, uh -huh. right? He seems like he's battling the world and then some. So for yeah. me, I'm excited about a Spider-Man three that will be successful because yeah. I'm going to claim it because I do feel like Disney, they figured they, they have this thing down to a science. Yeah. Like they've done so many trilogies. They've, they've told so many stories. They've done so many things yeah. that they're going to get this down. The one thing that I did love, I think for me, as much as I love Doc Ock and Spider-Man two is probably the best Spider-Man in Agreed. that Sam Raimi Spider-Man trilogy. I was really excited about um, Green Goblin and Willem yeah. Dafoe yeah. because Seeing that pumpkin like grenade just mm -hmm. like roll across the thing, I don't know what it is. It does it, like part of my mind is like there's a lot going on. There's a black suit, the gold yeah. suit. There's so many suits. There's like, you know, uh, you're you're gonna have uh, Doctor Strange. It's it's so many things at once. Yeah. And so for me, it feels like is this the ending or wrapping up of a story or the start of a new one? But my I, initial I, reaction was I'm fucking excited. Yeah, I'm excited because th this is two and a half hours. That means you're going to take your time and tell this story. Yeah, you absolutely are. You are not going to rush anything. And that's what the beauty of this is. I think and I think that this is more like I think Disney or whoever's putting this put, put this trailer together. Listen to fans, because I think mm -hmm. one of the downsides that we've had with trailers in the past is they reveal too much. Yes. And you can end up going like, oh, great. So I saw the movie, so I don't actually have to go see it. Mm -hmm. um, but with this, it's like that movie was two minutes. The movie is 150 minutes. Um, got I mean, a piece I'm, of a piece of a piece. You got like less than two percent of this, but you got point zero 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 like two percent and of stuff what this that movie you is stuff that you already knew. You knew right. Alfred Medina was in it. You mm -hmm. knew possibly like anything that was new in this is the lightning strikes, the sand. Okay, yep. so we know. So look, it's like rumors. The Sinister Six is going to be in this. We yep. don't know who the sixth villain is, but like we knew Alfred Medina was in this because it's oh, yeah. Like, okay, cool. Like, we, we figured it out. For sure. So that wasn't a surprise. His look is a surprise, and actually seeing it in action is 
is a surprise because you're combining these different timelines and sure. universes together into one, of course. Um, but everything else, it was new. All of, yeah. I, nobody knows what's going on with Doctor Strange. Why is he no. fighting Peter? Nobody knows why Peter's got a black suit. It's giving us anticipation, and that was the thing that I liked the most. Right. Yeah. And I think the other thing that I that is so that there's so many more questions is like, what's going on with the Sanctum Santorium? Like, right. what is why is it covered in snow? Why yeah. is Wong leaving? Like, yeah. there are so many questions. And I think we're going to get an answer to the Wong question. In Shang -Chi, Shang -Chi. Which is supposed yeah. to be coming out this which is comes out yeah. this weekend. So I think we're going to see some more pieces of this as we get into this weekend. Um, and yeah. we'll be covering that um, on next week's episode. We'll cover yeah. Um, that movie, but what I here's what I think happens to transition right. us over to me. that. Talk here's to what me. I think happens, and I did. Um, so I've been trying to get in, into TikTok more, and I did a TikTok this afternoon about talking about um, the plot line of One More Day, um, yeah. and there is some rumor about One More Day being sort of the inspiration for this. And uh, the go over to the, the TikTok, search films in black and white, and watch no, the full. You got to go see there. those TikToks. You got to go yeah. see them. Um, so. I think that that's the storyline that it follows. And instead of it being an aunt may um, being hurt, I think this is Peter trying to like get out ahead of it and protect aunt may and Mary Jane before they get hurt. Um, so I think it's going to follow that. Similarly, I think the elements that aren't there is I think instead of the universe being shut, I think instead of Spider-Man making a choice to give up, his love life in order to be that i think it's going to be something a little bit like i think he's giving up everybody knowing that he's spider-man from the get-go and basically starting from square one mm -hmm. and i think those others universes are coming into his and he's having to deal with it mm -hmm. um but i think that there's going to be a a real i think spider-man's really going to have to i think home i think a lot of people are thinking of home as in like a physical place mm -hmm. um i think home is going to be an emotional place mm -hmm. um and i think he's going to feel like there's no way back to the way things no way back to his idea of what home feels like he will still be in he'll wake up the next day after the events and he will still be in new york but it won't feel like home to him because the people he cares for will not you know they won't be the same as they were when he started. Everything. Interesting. So I think it's going to be interesting to see, but I do think it's the universes are going to collapse on each other in a nexus event that takes place right there in New York. Like, I think that that's, what's going to happen. I wonder that I think that's pretty good for me. I wonder if this is going to be a hard reboot for mm. Spider-Man sure. because there's been a lot of comments about Spider-Man being like a younger Tony Stark or, sure you know, with all the technology he has and all this other stuff, whereas the original Spider-Man really just had a suit and, you know, kind of did it on his own. Um, so I do think that this movie ends with, um, this movie ends with everybody forgetting. Yep. He loses MJ. He, every, Aunt May doesn't remember. Happy doesn't remember. And I think that leaves him in a place where um, he has to figure it out on his own. Yep. He has to be his own hero. And that will take us into the next trilogy of movies where you see Spider-Man like figuring it out. Like he's mm -hmm. going to graduate from high school. He's going to finish all these things. And it's going to be him as this young adult trying to figure out how to balance all of these things. Right. Um, I think the No Way Home, I like the way that you approach the title, no, the, like the subtitle No Way Home. Yeah. Um, I think for me, that's for the villains. Oh, I sure. Because, you know, there's a lot of rumors that Doc Ock, because of the eyes were red in the tentacles, he's being controlled oh, by sure. somebody. Or the AI is in full control again because that was just, that was a that was the synopsis in the first one. Yep. Um, and so 
well, the first, second one. I don't right. know how it works. But um, in the original movies. So I, I think that somebody's controlling these Sinister Six. They're, they're, they're pitting them against this Peter Parker because they want him dead. Sure. I, I think this is a deliberate attempt. I don't think this is a direct correlation to the multiverses clashing that we see in Loki. Yeah. I think that that's kind of like a, I don't know what you call that when somebody's trying to throw you off the um, red herring. In yeah. I think that, they call it a red herring where it's I, like, Oh, that's it. And then it's yeah, not it at all. I think that's absolute. I think it's a red herring. I think that this was set up. And to be honest, I think, I think that Mysterio could be alive. Oh, sure. Somehow, some way I think that Mysterio could be yeah. alive somehow. So that. That, that's kind of where I'm at right now. Yeah. I think the other element of this to watch for that I think will be really interesting is like, I think we're going to, and I think you brought this up and made a really good point. Like it's going to be, you're going to see Peter reach another end of his arc where I think, and especially because Dr. Strange makes such a deliberate and intentional question of like, you fuck this up because you're trying to live both versions of this. And I think at the end of this movie, I think it's not, I think a lot of, it's not going to be that Peter is going to be conflicted in his choice. I think he's going to make an intentional choice to say, to be Spider-Man. I think Spider-Man's more important and is more needed based on where we're at. So I think we're going to see a need that Spider-Man exists going forward after this. And he makes that choice because of those things and is willing to give up, whether that's, you know, Mary Jane knowing who he is or an aunt may yeah. know it. And basically everybody knowing, cause they'll still know Peter. They just mm -hmm. won't know. They won't know he's Spider-Man. Spider-Man. So which I is where, which is where a lot of his, his turmoil comes from in the comic books anyway. Yep. Um, and I wonder if they'll do the uncle Ben tie in, or I wonder if they'll, you know, finally mm, sure. they teased it a lot, but they have not hit on it, but I, I'm, I'm pretty sure this is the one we hear where great response with great power comes great responsibility. I think you're absolutely right. Yep. Absolutely right. But yeah, super pumped about that. And I'm glad you yeah. brought it up because you're right. We were right in the throes of it as, as things were happening yeah, was, last week. So it was hectic last week. Yeah, absolutely. All right, let's get to this movie. All right. I am going to take a crack at the barbershop summary this week oh. um, because I Everybody's you know, taking my job. Huh? I'm not trying to take your job. Just trying to just trying to pay homage to the best. Ah. I'm not going to be able to do it as good as you, but I'm going to I'm going to do my damnedest here. Right. So, well, come on. Let's get to it. What had happened was oh, um, there you go. What, what had happened was. Um, OK, so you have this small community um in the middle of chicago that used to be a project um and a little boy goes down into a laundromat and he's like super spooky uh moment and then a grown man with a hook hand comes out of the wall um he screams and you're like i have no idea what's happening and then you sort of fast forward to modern day times um uh, where a bunch of uh rich folk um, I'm going to make this statement. A bunch of rich white folk, we're going to go back to this later, <laughs> go into that old project area, essentially buy it up and bench, like, um, what's the word I'm looking for? Gentrify. Gentrify the hell out of that area. Uh, make it really hard to live there. Um, but there are still elements and still pieces of this old community that were there. The project is still there. Um, there's a laundromat that's still there. And this little kid that got scared is now grown up. He owns the laundromat. Um, but we follow um the main character whose name is anthony we file follow we we follow anthony um as he is sort of uncovering the truth as a part of an art project of the um urban legend surrounding Candyman. um so he goes some um, basically does some digging some photography gets stung by a bee um his arm starts basically turning into swiss cheese um and he starts losing his mind um meanwhile 
um, because he's bringing so much like fame to the incident, people are taking the risk to do the mirror trick and to actually summon um, this individual. I don't know why I'm nervous to say the name again. Like he's just going to fucking show up. Um, but um, they're going to, they're like, they keep like trying to summon him um, and people just get offed like yeah. left and right. Um, you know, there's a gallery owner who gets off. There's an art writer who gets off. Um, there's an entire high school girl, like five high school girls who get, um, <laughs> I believe the word is marked on TikTok. Um, and, and so they have all of that going on. Um, and so, yeah, uh, just top to bottom, that's what happens. Meanwhile, um, Anthony is slowly losing his mind more and more and more and more, um, as they go through this and the relationship issues between he and his girlfriend play by the lovely Tiona Paris, um, is also getting, uh, strained as we go on as well. So this culminates with, that little boy who now owns the laundry store, um, the laundromat, basically kidnaps Tiona Paris, kidnaps Anthony, and says, like, guess what? He's a candy man now because we need one. And guess what? He's going to kill everybody. And then this culminates in um, the police sh shooting Anthony, who is dressed up as the candy man. Um, and then, um, yeah, that's basically it. Top to bottom. Yeah, you kind of hit the head. You hit the nail on the head. Well, thank you. That's good. That's good. It's not as good as as, as what good. as what you bring. You, know, so you, you covered it. You didn't. Get I'm not going to quit my. I'm not going to quit my day job. But um, you could still <laughs> give it. But I was glad I was able to give this a shot. So no, 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 no. That was good. No, I'm, I'm not going to. We're not going to beat a dead horse. I did have a realization. I'm going to get you give you a fun facts. Okay. And I had a realization in this movie, and I kind of want to. Okay. I want to bring it up. So, so go ahead. I'll do the fun facts. Okay. So um, let's do some quick little um, fun facts uh, for this um, movie. Um, first off, this movie crushed it in the box office. Like absolutely um, crushed it. It uh, it was the top of the box office charge. It collected $22.37 million um, because it was only available in theaters um, it has just, it only cost about 25 million to produce. So it's official that you can call this movie a hit. Um, so it absolutely did an awesome job in the box office. Um, this movie just as a quick rundown stars, uh, Yaha Abdul Mateen, the second as Anthony McCoy. I apologize if I said that incorrectly. Um, Tiona black, black Manta. Uh, yeah. Yep, if anybody yep. needs a reference. Yep. Tiona Paris plays Brianna Cartwright. Nathan Stewart Jarrett plays Tor Troy Cartwright. Coleman Domingo plays William Burke. Kyle Kaminsky plays Grady Greenberg. Um, the big one that is in this is the original um, the original one from the first round of movies. Um, what is his name? Uh, I don't want to say his name. Like, seriously. I'm trying not to also because who the why the fuck those kids were like, you know, let's go to school and just look at this right in the mirror and see what yeah. happens. Yeah. Um, I cannot find the original Candyman's name. Um, it? What is that actor's Tony, name? His, Tony Todd. Yeah, to yeah, exactly. So he's in this as well. So um, those are your sort of like quick rundown and fast facts about the movie top to bottom. So that's who's in it. And that's how much it's made so far. Um, like I said, it's only available in theaters currently. Um, so Marcus, what was your realization as I was giving you the rundown of the uh, synopsis? Did only white people get killed by the candy man? In this? Yes. 
Yes. I, I, you, well, you... there was one scene. There was one scene. And this is where I kind of like, this is where I was kind of, I don't want to say confused. Um, I think it was easy to see a narrative here that, um, that Jordan and his writing. So Jordan Peele wrote, uh, was one of three writers on this, but also he produced this as well. Um, but it was pretty clear of the, like the theme that he was kind of going for, for with sure. this, for especially sure. with how it culminated. But most of the deaths that were current in like Anthony's time, all of those were white people dying. The only time I saw black people dying is when they did the flashback to the little boy in the, um, the guy who owned the laundromat, mm -hmm. they did a flashback where he was in his house and his, his sister. sister tried it and, and the, was and killed. Tiana Parrish's dad jumped off the roof. Yep. But yes, exactly. And yep. then, well, and then, and then the, uh, laundromat owner, dies too as well yes he dies too but it's yes. not from but summoning it's not from, yeah it's not from yeah. him though the only black death for from summoning um from from the summoning is his sister back when he's a little kid okay. and and it's it's almost like it's not like a that moment's almost like it's it, i mean obviously someone has just died yeah. but i think the other thing that's interesting is they didn't he didn't show that death yes you heard it but you didn't yes. see it you saw the 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 end of it, and you yeah. saw because he makes contact, and he didn't call him um, Candyman. He called him he like called him by his name. name. Yeah. Um, but all the white deaths you saw and were fucking gruesome. That is very interesting to me, and yeah, and it had to be. It had to. So here's the thing. I mean, let's get right into the movie. Let's so get like, into it. The thing about this Candyman. So Doug and I were talking about it before. He asked me if I seen the original Candyman, and I yeah. have seen it once. Um, but I never watched it again because it scared the hell out of me. <laughs> so with that being said, this version of the movie, the plot is different on why Candyman is Candyman, I do believe. Because I don't think it's the same as the original movie. I don't think so either. So basically what it is, is if somebody dies by the hands of, and, and it's innocent blood, the way that black people, black men more specifically, cope with it is when they die they become the candy man yeah and so when they come back they get revenge on those who you know aren't innocent so he is not a villain he is more so a you know a ghost of you know he's kind of like if if you need a reference kind of like ghost rider not good not bad but it'll give you the the penance the penance stare and you get what you get because you know if you spread innocent blood sure. like he's going to come for you basically yeah um <clears throat> marcus Really yes. quick, a quick search, a quick like we did Wikipedia glance at the synopsis of this. Yeah. Um. So these two movies are more tied together than we think that they are. Oh, okay. So the the brief synopsis of this, and this is according to Wikipedia, is the based on Clive Baker's short story, The Forbidden. The film follows a Chicago graduate student completing a thesis on urban legends and folklore, which leads her to the legend of the Candyman, the ghost of an artist and son of a slave who was murdered in the late nineteenth century for his relationship with the daughter of a wealthy white man. Um, um, and the woman in that is Helen Lyle, okay. who, if if I'm not mistaken, is the, is the audio tape that they that he was listening to when he went to the library. OK, so, yeah, so they are. And they yeah. did say that before that these movies were be they would be connected. Um, yeah. So that's no surprise there. I think what's, it's I, I don't know. I was not expecting mm -hmm. this relevant of a story. I'll say mm -hmm. that. I was not either. Black. 
I thought it was just going to be a horror movie. I thought it was just going to be another scary movie, like another version of Candyman was coming back. And like, that was it. This one directly said, like, it really focused on if it was on recent events. Like, yes. I almost felt like this should have came out like when um, George Floyd got murdered, mm-hmm. like around that time period, because. Yeah. Um, although the hype, quote unquote, has died down around police killings and all that kind of stuff like that, it's right. still very much like a thing. And right. they address it and they take it head on and they almost paint it as like the villain really is the system and gentrification yeah. and the government and white people to a point. So yeah. that's how I was taking all of this in. I'm interested to see what you thought once that plot, once that was revealed um, about the movie. Um. So I'm going to be honest with you. Yeah. I did not see it coming. Like I was not. So I went to the theater and um, so I don't genuinely like scary movies. So what gen, what happens with me is I sometimes put myself on defense and I look past oblivious, like pop plot points that should be really obvious. I'm so focused on like, Oh, that shot's really cool. Or that's really cool. Artistic choice or that thing to kind of like disconnect a little bit. So I don't, so basically I don't Mm -hmm. get scared. Mm -hmm. Um, I was genuinely surprised, though, when it took the turn and outlined all of the like him as an artist. I was like, oh, okay, like that to me of bringing highlight to like highlighting the history of the like abuse of um, African-American men in the United Mm -hmm. States. I was like, oh, that makes sense as an artist choice of medium. Mm -hmm. Like, yeah, okay, that makes sense. That tracks. But when it started to come out that like he was shot in the basement and they didn't even give him a trial. I was like, Oh, this is, this is an interesting turn. Mm -hmm. Um, and even the way the movie culminated with the way that stuff was shot and and the cops in Chicago still being particularly crooked. Mm -hmm. Um, yeah, there was a lot of this Marcus that I just genuinely didn't see coming. Mm -hmm. And I was kind of excited to see a different layer to it because I think it provided a whole other level to the urban legend mm-hmm. about this that I thought was really, really interesting. And I think it was mainly because only white people were the ones that were getting killed. Um, mm-hmm. I saw this as much more as punishment than I did see it as dumb people being like, why the fuck would you walk into your house after hearing about this and mm-hmm. look in the mirror like and do that? Yeah. Um, and I kind of had that thought on the way home. I was like, who does that? Like, there's no way in my right mind that I'm doing it. And it's just like the it's almost like it was saying, like, you don't think anything's bad is going to happen to you because mm-hmm. of your environment and the way that you were raised. So you go ahead and participate in it, not realizing that for black people, that terror was very, very real. That's interesting. I, that's, and, that's, that's interesting. So that to me is where I kind of saw like a different layer to this. Um and this movie was Marcus originally scheduled to come out in June of 2020. Okay. So that makes for yeah. me, for me, when I was, I'm consuming this, right. And of course I'm, I'm happy that it's not black trauma. So for context, I'm watching this movie in Vermilion, South Dakota yeah. as a black man. And I yeah. went by myself and there's a couple other people in the theater. There's maybe like five of us, but for, for as far as I could tell, everyone was white. Yeah. So I felt like as soon as that plot was revealed, my assumption and the thing that I jumped to was like, they're rolling their eyes right now. Because yeah. like, this is another story that is pointing out what real life is, you know what I mean? But it, right. but it specifically, it blatantly points the finger right. at, at white people and at the system. Right. And so, for sure. I mean, you, I mean, you're going through, I, I don't know, like I'm going through this whole movie and I'm just like, I, 
should I be happy that he's not being depicted like this? Or Mm -hmm. like, what is it? Like, I know things aren't as black and white, like Candyman is good or bad or whatever. Like he obviously kills black people too. If you say the name, you die. Like that's the rule. It doesn't matter. It's not a race thing. But in this movie, particularly everybody who said it was white or white um, passing at least. Well, and again, even just the choice to show their death is such an intentional act as well. Yeah. Um, and as you and I are like sitting and talking about this and talking about like um, like trauma and utilizing how to deal with it, I'm going to see if this strikes you or if you see if I'm entirely off base. So if you think about Anthony's character over time, the more he does research and the more that he learns about like the history of the area and the, and basically the history of how Mm -hmm. black people were policed in that particular area, the worse he gets physically. Yeah. 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 To symbolize in my mind, if you sit there and you really dive down in this, it will eat away at you and turn you into a shell. And then I think the moment where, like realizing and taking and owning your trauma and doing something with it is when Tiona says his name five times in the mirror and she doesn't get killed. She, she says, I am going to own that trauma and use it to my advantage um, and use it to, to break myself out of this situation, which is why I think at the end, instead of killing her, he goes, you need to tell everybody Mm -hmm. because I think it's such an, an interesting plot dynamic and choice that they made with what was on its surface is a slasher film like yes. i mean on its fi- on its face this is a slasher movie and i mm. think if you're not connected and you aren't like looking into this like we are i think it's very i think you're right i think it's a very different movie it's a it's so you know i i'd love to see somebody else watch this film um that isn't diving deep into it like yeah because we watch this and we're looking for these things like that's yeah. the mindsets that we are as podcasters and as movie lovers like for sure we're watching this from a completely different lens um, but for me, I don't know. This movie was, I think it was good. I'm, you know, like I we're just having it. a discussion. I think it was good. And that transformation, his transformation was one of my favorite parts of this whole movie. Oh, for sure. Because, <clears throat> excuse me, because ever since the, when the, when he got stung by that bee, yeah. it was a slow transition. Mm-hmm. He slowly lost his mind. He didn't know what was going on. I didn't know what was going on. Um, and like you knew that the laundromat owner was in it somehow. Yeah, Tiana Paris did a great job. Her like you got her family, the mom, the story of the baby, and it's like, okay, wait a minute now. This is so many moving pieces at once. How do you accurately tell this story? But somehow they did it and they made it yeah. compelling and they made it recent. But then my question was, where do we go from here? Right. Yeah, that's such a good question. Like, it's a very good question. I walked out of this going like, that was really good. And I, and again, it was really good for me of like just the fucking artistic choices with this. Like deciding to tell history. First off, it's use of like camera angle. Mm -hmm. Like when you're going by and you are looking up at the skyscrapers, Mm -hmm. but it looks like you're looking down. Mm -hmm. That is just such a jarring moment and prompting you to say, you're going to have to look at this shit differently Mm -hmm. than the way you are Mm -hmm. in order to get this. And I thought that that was a really cool choice. I love the use of like shadow puppets to tell history. I thought that was such a cool like element and time intensive. And the last thing I liked is the runtime. Like not that I felt like it couldn't have gone on, 
Yeah. It told its story it needed to, and it got the fuck out of there. Like it was like, <laughs> this needs to be an hour and thirty eight minutes. It does yeah. not to be it need to be anymore. Did you get it? Okay, goodbye. Like yeah. I hope you got it, and it left. And I just think that, like, in addition to all the things that you talked about, like I just think that it did such a good job of explaining this stuff top to bottom, yeah. um, and really hitting home. So yeah, I I I really like this. This was good. Yeah. Um, I do think. There, I do have some questions. I do have some, yeah. there are some moments of this where I, I don't want to say that it's bad, but I do want to say like, I was left with some questions. I have um, a lot. I have a, I have a few. Good. Like um, let's yeah. start with, let's start with yours. Cause I bet we have similar questions. There were several stories that were started, but not finished. Oh, sure. And yep. to me, I've, I feel like, you know, what you're saying at the time was good. I felt like it was, but they introduced a lot and they introduced yeah. characters that I felt like were not, the stories weren't completed. His mom, for example. Yeah. His mom was calling throughout the whole movie, mentioned his mom at the beginning of it. And I understand that she, that actress is tied to the original um, oh, sure. movie, right? But, you know, you introduced her, you only see it once, and she tells the story about how he was the baby that almost yeah. got thrown into the fire and blah, 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 whoop de whoop. And then that was it. You never see the mom again, you never no. hear anything else. It was like that was the one scene only. Yeah. And so for me, it felt like there was a lot of moments that just did not get completed in full manner or told in full. And yeah. I was like, well, why would you start it if you weren't going to finish it? Yeah, that's a very good point. Yeah. For me, similarly to that was like the story of um, Tiana's Tiana Paris's um, the, dad. the dad and yeah. even her brother, like that whole family yes. dynamic. Yeah, there was I had more questions and answers with that of like, um, why? What is the relationship between the two of them? What is her root? Like, what is her job and why? Because I think that there's a whole other element of being, um, you know, the art world is predominantly operated and run by white people. So mm -hmm. the the idea that like she's in that role and what that plus the the deal with her her dad being an artist and jumping out and even when they talk about the art of like saying like i don't want any of that in my house i'm mm -hmm. not going to put on a show for it mm -hmm. i just want it gone um i just think that there was a lot of elements there that they could have dove more in like into but again i get caught like if your goal is to to have this allegory of you know the 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 like gentrification and the role of white people in you know basically policing and its mm -hmm. role and trauma that it has inflicted and what that trauma can do to a single person not to mention an entire community mm -hmm. that's i i i, I you, you had to be careful because you didn't want to lose it so i get it but yeah. i definitely would have liked to know more i i feel like i feel like this movie originally if 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 I'm reaching in and I, and I'm probably overthinking it, Tiana looks like she could have been the lead for this movie. Yeah. She was the lead, but it looked yeah. like it could have followed her instead sure. because it did a, it did a first person follow of, um, um, what is his name? His name is Anthony in the movie. Yeah. Anthony McCoy. It did a great job following huh. that storyline from his perspective. I almost would have preferred it if they would have followed it from her perspective as well. Sure. Because then I would have figured out the what the issue was with her father. How sure. did that go down? Why did it go down the way that it did? While she's also trying to maintain this relationship and try to figure out what's going on with Anthony. Yeah. Because it kind of felt like her, her job and stuff was mentioned. How serious it is. How big it is. How big of a deal it is. And I was waiting to see how her art and her job tied into 
whatever Anthony had going on and whatever, yeah. you know, happened to her father. Yeah. We never got there. Yeah. The thing with the laundromat owner, like he, mm. I, we didn't get a full story. We just got, right. he was spooked. And so what he was inspired by. Inspired by, I, I kind of saw him as like a, like a conspiracy theorist. Like, do you know, you know yeah. what I mean? Like okay. I saw him in that role of like, um, this is, sounds terrible, but it's the only example I can, can I can think of. Mm -hmm. Um, a conspiracy theorist that's rooted in real trauma, but sounds like not real. Like okay. the like back when they initially launched the vaccine, remember there was that like I'm gonna get my superpowers. Oh yeah. I felt like that I felt like he was a living embodiment of that guy to an extreme, almost to like a satirical level of it, of like, we need the candy man. He has mm -hmm. to exist. Mm -hmm. And so I've made him and I had, it has to be true. And in order for this to be accurate, in order for this message to get out there, in order for everything to ha be to happen, he has to be shot. And this all has to go forward or otherwise none of this makes sense. And that seems interesting. It just sent, it, it just seemed like it was a, an individual doing more harm to a community than good to right. a community. Right. So, um, and that's not to underscore people feeling a certain way about how they've been treated by the government in the past. That's just my best example of that. Yeah. Because, because in the end, you know, I get having a ghost of vengeance for black people, right. Which is what it sounds like, but also nobody is exempt. If you say the name, you die. Right. So, like, what are the rules? Like, then maybe that should have been mentioned. Like, all black people, you know, black people, he don't hurt black people. Or does he? Like, whatever right. the case well, may be, like, that's something to, to, to look at. And I'm glad you brought that up because I expected Tiona Paris to die. That's when what she I, said his name yeah. in the car, I was like, oh, actually, oh. no, I disagree. I didn't expect her to die. I expected her to die mm -hmm. because I thought because those were the rules, right? Like you say the name five times in the mm -hmm. mirror and he kills anybody else in that reflection. Right. Mm -hmm. Like so for me, it was like, oh, so this this guy's going to come in and she's sacrificing herself to, like, take care of this police officer mm -hmm. only to be like. That wasn't it at all. So I guess I was a little, I mean, and that's typical Jordan Peele fashion, right? Like leave you with a little bit of a, a head scratcher there at the end. Yeah. Um, but like, I, I thought it was really interesting just to take that point with it and to take that tone with it of like, this is the angle that we really wanted to go. And this is where things were at. So um, I feel like, yeah, it was cool. I, I feel like I knew she wasn't going to die because it was Anthony. Sure. That was like the last little bit of Anthony that was left. And oh, he sure. saw that in her. Yeah. Like, and it said, and he said something about the innocence of innocent blood. Like, yeah. you think you're innocent, but you're not. I think in that situation, she was innocent. Yeah. And so she did it because of, I think maybe the way that you do it, the way that you summon him, like, if you need help, yeah. maybe he pops up like a goddamn ad. I don't know. But like, <laughs> <laughs> just I, I don't i'm not sure how he works like three stars yeah. for for the candy man but i also like, really like this idea that he's like doing his laundry and somebody says it and he's like motherfucker like and he has to like <laughs> he has to like show up it's like now i gotta go kill him or otherwise people will think i'm not real he's like I just, because he's because he just gotta, his, he's gotta stick his, it to him and his candy man wife is in the other room like you don't have to go you don't know them shit he's like no i have to go they said it like <laughs> I got a point to prove. Barbara. I got a point to I prove about that. Yeah, and so, um, but yeah, I that's that's very good point across the board of yeah, like I, that. Like, I don't know, it was the rules. Th that was one of the things that was interesting. But you know, Jordan Peele has a style. Yeah, he has for sure. a style about him, and and I think that 
I'm not, I shouldn't be surprised, but I'm surprised every time. Yeah. Um, he is telling these stories and he, it seems like he's doing a deliberate every effort um, to tell stories for black people. Yeah. Um, and it's not going to be for everybody. And sometimes it's going to be hit or miss like us was a miss for me. I never really got it or understood it, but Get Out was great, and this and this one that. was great. So he's like two out of three for me. Yeah, which, uh, is, which is good. If this this is my entry point to his, filmmaking. God, you didn't see you're moving backwards. I have not had a chance. I just never had a chance to get back to it. Um, you would like uh, Get Out at least. Uh, us looked too scary for me. Like if that I makes sense. That. Like us was that. one of those of like. Oh fuck! There's a little kid involved. I can't do that. Like it. Yeah. Anytime that there's a kid involved, it freaks me out. Like adults, I can deal with, but children, I really have a, a hard time with them in horror movies. They just yeah. get me a little bit more. Um, but I, I, it's they're both like the next time I see them available to stream, it's not even going to be a question. Like oh, it's yeah. going to be like, yep, we're watching that. Like because so, Get Out was scarier to me than Us sure. because Get Out seemed a lot more realistic. Sure. Like to me, it was like this could actually happen. Us was more like, okay, I could see how this would be kind of freaky thriller y. Sure. Um, you know, this may be a little bit of a stretch, but maybe it's like possible at the same time. This movie, though, it did a great job being creepy and yeah. eerie. Like it didn't have a moment where it really let up. Like no. you knew what was coming, you knew what the end goal was. Yeah. Right. Everybody knew what the end goal was for you sure that Candyman was coming. Mm -hmm. It's the process of how they got there. And the why I think was the most intriguing part because, you know, they all, all these actors and actresses did a phenomenal job. Now, yeah. one of the things I didn't understand, and uh, that was a weird transition, but here we no, go. That's fine. His art piece. Yes. I thought that he had the best art piece in there. Yes. Yet everybody bashed. Like the mirror, and when you opened it, you saw inside mm -hmm. of it and saw the pieces. I was like, that's dope as fuck. That's really innovative. Yeah. Like to plan that out. And like you're looking, I'm looking at the rest of like what I can, obviously, in the shot. Yeah. And I'm like, y'all are really over criticizing this thing. Right. Like, yeah. what? And then the lady saying, artists are the reasons for gentrification. And I was like, what are we talking about right now? Like, some of it felt kind of forced. That felt like, like what? That felt like what? That felt like what about ism? Like yes. that felt like that that whole thing. And the thing I find interesting about your observation with that is that there was only one person who was of color who criticized the artwork, yes. and it was as he was walking out. Yes. Everybody else was white. So yes. I think again, I think that was Jordan Peele saying like sometimes people aren't going to be able to relate to that trauma because they haven't lived it and they don't understand oh, yeah. it. All skin and folk, so, skin folk. Right. And so I think <laughs> that's the rule. No, that's a no, that's a serious rule. I believe that it is. It's just it's, it's funny to hear. Out but loud. it's but it's interesting that that's a that's something that's actually taught and instilled to sure. I, I'm just as for me as a person of color growing up, it was a realization that had to be made that all skin folk and all, all skin folk and sure. kin folk that everybody that looked like you ain't for you or about you like yeah. at the end of the day and they could play and they could have grown up differently in a different lifestyle bashed it whatever the case may be because that guy didn't even know that that was his piece of art no and didn't. then when he did find out he was i mean what the fuck was he gonna say right yeah that's a very good point like it, a very it's very just, good it's point crazy though but i mean sorry go ahead no 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 that's a good point to note and i think that the other thing is that's that's recognizes a fact that about me is that no one has ever had to tell me that 
so that is a just an observation of yeah. the privilege I've had where I don't have to have a saying like that, which is why it probably feels weird to like hear out loud. Well, not even, well, not even just priv- like it's, it's, it's like everybody grows up differently. Sure. In different scenarios, different situations, you can have two twins, two twin black people, two black twins right. and put them one in a suburb, one in like a lower income neighborhood, the hood, the ghetto, whatever it is you want to call yeah. it. And nature versus nurture kicks in, whatever, whatever the fuck kicks in. And you'll have two completely different kids. Yeah. Like, and they'll have two, two completely different experiences. And yeah. one may be for you, one may be against you. For all the for me personally, this is just me personally, no knock to whatever people believe in. All the black MAGA people that were walking around to me, I was like, oh, well, can't listen to these people. Like, <laughs> like the Candace Patterson's and all that, uh, Candace Owens or whatever the case may be. Like, yeah. I was like, that person don't seem like it's for me. Now they in their mind. They may have in their position a stance of I'm doing this for my people, which is black people. And they're like, right. I want us to be better and released from the chains of the chains of whatever, whatever, whatever. And they feel like that is right, which is right. perfectly fine. Believe in what you believe in. But on the other side, how I view it, how I grew up, that's not how you do it. And you're not right. for me. You're against me. Sure. So, you know, it's, it's just it's, interesting. it's good context to have. Um, um, you were talking, though, about like the art critics saying like, well, artists are responsible for yeah. gentrification. Yeah. What, what part of that was a weird sticking point for you? I, I think what it felt like was they didn't want to call anybody in this movie racist. Yeah. But that was as close as they got. Sure. Like if like, because she said that and she said you like your kind yeah. and you were like, Oh, she mean black people. And then she's like artists. And I just, maybe as, because I'm not an artist, I didn't fully understand the point. Yeah. Um, but like you, there's a lot of situations I was like, well, why the fuck? There's no need for this critic to go into the bathroom and get pressured by this random artist to say the name. Now, curiosity is a thing. Right. And as oftentimes as we say, who in the hell would do some shit like that? I said it several times as I was driving home. <laughs> We we think it we think it all the time. We'll be like, who the fuck would ever react like that? And then we see all of this wild shit happen in real life and in real time, and we're like, oh, there really are people who mm-hmm. believe and think like that. Like that's yeah. like that's a thing. Yeah. So yeah. for me, it like we think about the high school girls, but there are a clique of girls who may act like that still. Right. Um, I feel like that's a little bit of a, a comedy shtick or like a movie point to have like a yeah. group of girls who are the bad girls who make fun of people and shit like that like yeah. okay um but i don't know <laughs> the brother was confusing to me oh i'm so glad you brought he was him kind up. of annoying he was annoying he, to me and confusing. i didn't i didn't understand what his role in the movie was yeah, me either. Me I, either. I didn't understand if he was supposed to be like pushing the plot forward i don't know if it was a way for us to make sure that like we we can relate and that there's an entry point to Yona Paris to Tiona Paris's character. I, I was not sure what he role what he rolled he played. And I just found it kind of like unnecessary. Yeah. Like super. just wildly unnecessary. The introduction of the his boyfriend. Like you introduced a whole couple. Yeah. And I didn't really like, yes, that's your family. Yes, you want maybe he's more of the comedic, you know, the comedic person. And he was the introduction to the story of Yep. Of Helen and, and and what happened at that night and like that's cool and all like that like that, that was great, but you're talking about all this trauma that the the son and that daughter went through, Tiana Parrish went through, yeah. and then to watch her boyfriend go through it, you're not telling me there's not flashbacks or any type of you know what I mean like 
or even like understanding or like, you know, or even the fact that he came at his sister like hard about her, the choices she made and not being able to be like, Hey, this feels like really similar. Like, are you okay? Like that, that felt like a weird, their dynamic felt very weird and very, yeah, very forced. That's a good way to put it. It felt very forced and very weird that I was just like, man, I don't know what's going on here. Like, and it just felt off. Yeah. No, I agree. um, Yeah. I agree. Um, what, okay. So let me ask you a question. What was your, what did you think of the way that the violence was portrayed in this? Like, cause that's the question I always ask about horror movies is because I, and I think especially slasher movies is because sometimes people call those moments like excessive or over the top. So my thought for you is just like, what did you think of that? Like, what did you feel like it was, warranted did it make you jump at all like i'm just kind of curious it was it was okay so first uh, this new cgi gore yes is very obvious to me now my eye catches it um especially growing up watching movies where they used to do the pig blood and they used to do like the prosthetics and all that kind of stuff like that right yeah this movie had even his hand um as anthony mccoy is peeling away you can see some of the pieces that are cgi and what's like makeup and what's like he's peeling back and you can see it a little bit at least i could right um so for me in some of those areas that was the only thing i could focus on was like oh god like look at that cgi but it was violent it was it was very violent and aggressive and like uh-huh. when when the first girl when they were about to have sex in the um the little museum thing i could talk for the better part of an hour of that whole dynamic that was the strangest fucking thing i've ever seen in my life it was so weird to me it was so weird to me but that was also another situation of i didn't know what the rules were yeah because she said it he didn't and he still died right so that's again, that's a great point of like, well, was he not innocent then? Like, because yeah. he didn't. And I guess that that's just it. Maybe his criticism and his, I don't know what it was. That's a but great then point. What did though. she do? Like, you know what I mean? Like, there's so many things in there. Like, of course, it's easy to portray the bad girls in the high school as bad girls because, oh, well, they kind of deserve to die. And the critic is like over criticizing folk. And, well, she kind of deserves to die. And then these two, like, you know what I mean? Yeah. So, like, it's kind of hard to pick and choose. But, the violence was very violent. The worst one, I think, was um, the critic. When now it was also oh, really? the best shot of the film. Though. That that shot was. Fu- I said out loud. I said that's fucking beautiful. Yes. Like that when they when he walks out and she is just picked up and yes. dragged across no and then dragged the other way. No sound as yeah. he zooms out. It's like yeah. fuck, man. Like that was just because awesome. Then you see all the stuff happening on the top. The neighbor. Yep. Odds and it's like nobody knows. Yeah, that, that, and like that, I don't know why, but that one just stood out to me the most. And I was like, you know what? That's crazy. That was yeah. that was the best one. So I do. I feel like it was it was extra. It was very violent. It's supposed yeah. to be. None of these killings are supposed to be cute and like whatever. <laughs> and he didn't take. No. He did. He took. He kind of like he got right to it. He didn't waste a lot of time. Yeah. No. I I thought that that that's that middle one with the critic was pretty incredible there was another one that blew my mind that i was like oh my my moments are always like kind of like giggling because i'm uncomfortable but it's like oh my god and the one like that that's literally how i respond like oh my god what is happening um the one where the art critic got hooked in the ankle oh like 
Oh my god! Yeah, like I felt I'll, that one. That's why I went again. Yeah. Throwing back to like it's weird not seeing a movie in town with you. That was one of those like where if we had seen that together, we would have been like, "Holy yeah. shit!" So um, shit hurt. it hurt me oh, when I seen that watch. one. I was like, "Oh fuck!" Yeah, I was like, that hurts. Yeah, yeah, that was not that was not pretty at all. So, yeah. um, so yeah, so I thought that those were really great. I also thought really appreciated like. The again to go back to camera angle, like mm-hmm. I really that scene in the bathroom with those five girls, man, I really, really, really appreciated that camera angle yeah. and looking at that as like when she's in there and looking at the like the makeup mirror that yes. that falls to the ground yeah. and she sees him walk by. I was like, holy shit! Yeah. Like just playing with all of that was such a cool use of space and dimension. They didn't show their diffs. And that was, I think that was another interesting thing to me was them, yeah. not, them not showing the four high school girlers deaths because it's, it's like you choose some, you choose the other. And I guess everybody can only get, get killed a certain way. So that's true without it being like overkill. But I did think it was interesting. You had four girls and you really didn't show, you just showed a pool of blood that came out of nowhere. And your assumption is, Ooh, that was gruesome as hell. That lo- that looked like real blood. That yes. looked like, that wasn't um, CGI. That looked like syrup with red c- mm-hmm. coloring in it. Like mm-hmm. that looked like real blood. So and then you lot. heard it. Yeah. Oh God, you heard yeah. it. Like if I was in that bathroom stall, I would have got up out of there. Well, like, and again, I, yeah, that was just, I, I find it interesting that the only one that they showed was the girl who was at the art exhibit. Yes. She was the only death of those five that you saw. Yeah. So it's and I have I wish I could interview somebody from the movie to get it because I feel like there's a deeper something that I'm missing almost like I need to see it twice, but I won't. Um, I feel like I need to see it twice to catch something that I miss, but I'm too scared to see it twice. <laughs> I'm just not gonna lie to y'all. That is just that black. That's a that. Oof, that you is know what scary. I you know what I want to do? Like and again, I'm not a big scary movie person. There is a eensy weensy tiny part of me that wants to go back and watch the first one and then watch this one again to see how well they tie together and to just see if the themes are still there in the first one like because that's i guess my big question about jordan peele's work is like not to undercut the man but like is this good because he pulled out something that was already there like did he pull out themes that were present that nobody else picked up on um because it's obviously inspired by the original so is he just playing with what he the cards he's been dealt or did he give a no new fresh original artistic interpretation on it those are some more questions that i have about where that gets flushed out because i mean if so and that movie is almost 20 years old like it's to have that to pull up on it is would make it still relevant and and just go to show you where that's at going forward. So yeah, it was it was it was a good movie. It yeah. was a good movie, and I think they had good leads and they casted the right people for these roles. For sure. Uh, don't do a sequel, please, because good lord, I'm like I kind of I I think that that's the thing I appreciated that about this getting the Jordan Peele treatment is that. He's such a purist when it comes to story. He doesn't seem like, like he'll do. He doesn't seem like he'll do sequels. I mean, if he was going to do a sequel to Get Out, that ship he sailed. Like, not yeah. that it's still, not that it's not still relevant. It, it obviously still is. But um, now, what would be cool was if this was a connected universe, like that a would Jordan cool. Peele universe. Yeah, the like Peeleverse. Maybe not. But I'll just sit. I'll just sit in that. That was me. <laughs> 
Appeal averse. Appeal averse. Sure, whatever it is you want to call yeah, it. Yes, appeal averse. Um, but if that maybe if that was a connecting universe of some yeah. type, like all of these people existing in one background. Now I know universes and creating movie universes yep. is not super popular with people. That's fine. Right. Um, <clears throat> but this idea that all of these things exist in the same kind of time period and, and they, sure. all, they all have acted in the same universe would be very interesting to me because then that says black people are in his universe realizing this extra this this next layer of what life is yep, like it's sure. not just the surface level of figuring it out it's like there's a whole nother um what do they call that like supernatural level to things um in his universe so that would that would be interesting to explore yeah. That would be really cool to see yeah. that come out a little bit. Like more. if somebody was a collector of stories, or like it's like of like these all happen in the same universe in or, the same extended how many, time period. Or mean, I mean, how many of other of those types of stories exist? I mean, there's yeah. the legend of the Jersey Devil. Like, yeah. I wonder if I mean, I'd love to see an interpretation of that and in, in how that yeah. would go. Yeah. Now he did release a poster for his next movie that he's doing. What was that? It wow. was a. Yes, it's why. And it's just a, a picture of a cloud with a like a scenic mountainous background and like it, what looks like a like something hanging down off of it. So yeah. I'm kind of curious to see what they do with that. But yeah, I mean, this was good. I enjoyed this. Um, I would definitely like if you feel comfortable going to a theater, watch it in a theater. There's something about a horror movie in a theater that yeah. feels a little bit different than a horror movie at home. Oh, that was the other thing. The audio for this thing. There, I feel like you have to see it either with a really good sound system or in the theater because there yeah. are moments where it was like whispering or you could hear voices or you yeah. could hear stuff in the background. The bees. Yes. The, the buzzing. Bees, the buzzing of the bees. Yeah. yeah. And the fact that you could hear them clink against a window like yes. that was just really and that's where you go back to like that comment you made about it being eerie. He crushed it with the sound of like. I want you to sound, make it sound like a bee is stuck somewhere, but is trying to get out yes, to somebody. Yes. Like I, that was such an, a great choice and so well done. So yeah, a hundred percent, a hundred percent. I think you know. I guess to wrap it up because it's not much. I don't think it's much to say. No, I feel like this is one of those movies you're either gonna like it or you're you're not gonna like it. Yeah. Um. And and I think that it does well. Even outside of the um the narrative that's painted, I think it does well as a as a horror movie. Like it's scary. For sure. If yeah. you want something that's scary, go watch it. If you want something that's a little bit deeper than being scary and has another layer to it, go watch it. I like I enjoyed it and I'm not big into scary movies. Like I can do slasher films a little bit more. Yeah. But when you start talking yeah. about supernatural stuff like this one, like this is the thing that scares you the most about this thing. You are the reason for your own death. Like the rules are simple. Yep. Say my name and I come and I kill you. Yep. So if so, if there is a situation like if somebody said that it was like, hey, people are saying this thing in the mirror five times and they dying, like we should try it. I'm like, bitch, is you stupid? Right. That's the and thing you know I the, didn't understand. And you know the thing that kept popping up in my head? <laughs> it was the Dave Chappelle skit with the guy. He was like, there's always a black guy that'll pop up out of nowhere and be like, hey, nigga, don't do that. And like that That's was the That'll get you five to ten. Like that was yeah. every time somebody said his name, that was the that was the literal only thing I could think of. Dave Chappelle popping up, say, "Hey, don't do that. That'll get you five to ten. Right? Like, it was there's crazy. nobody there, and that's where I thought the laundromat guy was gonna be at first. I yes. thought he was gonna be like the old wise character that was like, "Don't say his name. You're gonna yes. have a bad time." Like, yes, it's it's a real thing. It's very much real, and it just went an entirely different direction. But yeah, I don't know what part of me would be like. Hey Doug, if you turn around three times, clap your hands and do 
three quick squats. Somebody sh- shows up and punches y'all in the face. I, in what world? Why would I, I started count I, in the theater. I started counting every time they said his name. <laughs> like just counting it to Why myself because I was like, "Oh, that's five. They're out." Like I just I like, like <laughs> just like up. Oh, he's done. Like there's no more of that guy. So yeah, this was good. I definitely worth a watch. I do think that there's. I think what I like about this is that although Jordan does, Jordan Peele does do that, like we're friends. Um, <laughs> although Jordan and I were talking, Peel, you did just name his universe. I did just name his universe. Um, but what I think I liked about like Jordan Peele's like rendition of this is I do think there is something for people who just want to go and see a horror movie, as well as there's something for people who maybe maybe aren't looking for a deeper story, but who are open to it. Like, yeah. I don't think you go looking to see his version of this, but I do think you go and kind of go like you and I kind of being like, oh, shit, there's like something else here. And yeah. I do appreciate that it can serve both purposes. Yeah. So I enjoyed it. I say, yeah. go see it. If you like scary movies, go see it. If you don't, just, just steer away from it. Just steer clear because, you're gonna, clear. again, you're going to have a bad time. So yeah. um, anything else you want to say about the movie, Marcus, before we move on on what we're plugging? No, I, you know, shout out to Jordan Peele. He's he's, yep. he's being consistent in his style, and he does seem to be getting a little bit more comfortable. While yes, um, and who like who he is as a producer, and even if that is just a writing credit or whatever, um, he's doing a great job. The casting he's doing, I'm personally as black as somebody black, I'm happy that the casting looks the way that it does. That it comes yeah. out. The fact that they weren't poor black, like they were significantly wealthy. Yeah. Um, and living in a good parts of the neighborhood, but he's tackling these issues like gentrification and all of this other stuff. My favorite line was um, you know, the government, the government realized after they built the ghettos, they didn't have to cover up the ghettos after they realized how it was an eyesore. And I just I thought that that was a good um a good line and a good analogy. So that, I really appreciate I I really liked that that line in there too of like you tore this down and instead of like doing anything about it, you brought in all of these white folks to basically fix it for you instead yes. of you having to deal with your own problem. Yeah. I yes. think if that, I think that's the same line that you're talking about. Yeah. And I remember that being like, God damn, that is a great way to explain. It's a great way, it's like, and I think that you can't, if anything scary in this is the fact that the stuff that they're saying is true. Oh, like, gentrification sure. is real. That's not nothing. That's fake. That's not nothing. That's like, you see it happen every day and more and yeah. more. People get kicked out of their neighborhoods and stuff. So I like yeah. it. Go watch the movie. Yeah. The last thing I'll say that I appreciated about Jordan Peele is that I appreciate that now he's gotten to the point in his career where he's bringing other people with him. Oh, yes. Like, you know, yeah. like I do appreciate that he reached out um, to Nia DaCosta um, yeah. to direct this. And for, I, I believe, based on my glance here, she has a little bit of the, like some like writing credits and some directing credits, but not a ton. Um, I mean, this was her first big, like her first movie directing. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and so I do think it's really, really cool. Worth mentioning that she was the one selected to film the, to direct the Marvels, um, oh. which is the Marvel movie that's coming out later, working with a Tiona Paris. Um, and Nia DaCosta was the first black female, female, uh, female, female to open pick to a number one yep. um, at domestic box office. And shout out to Brian Roush for sending us that. Oh yeah, earlier. absolutely. Brian yeah, Brian said it like this, y'all. Brian said, "Black excellence, y'all," and then sent the link. 
Yep, that's so, gotta love Brian. Look, look at Brian. <laughs> uh, we say his name five times, see if he shows up. Well, let's we'll, not. We'll skip it. Um, because I don't need to. I don't need Brian to kill me with a nerf say, gun. Say, say to. <laughs> All right. All right. Anyway, um, Marcus, what do you have to plug this week? Oh, same thing, different day. You know what I mean? Follow the mantra. Follow the mantra on Instagram. Uh, underscore underscore the mantra, but also. Follow the mantra in real life. Never offended. Always humble. That is something that you can repeat on a daily basis. And I promise it won't kill you. Matter of fact, it might make you even stronger. So I would argue that. I think there's a fine many of people who could who could use that mantra. Um, What I want to plug is, hey, do you like nerdy stuff that you can put on a T-shirt? Do you like fun wing recipes that'll make your mouth water? Um, Head over to thelovenerds.com and check out the fun recipes that Maggie Roush is curating over there. Um, She's got some great stuff out there, y'all. So make sure you check that out at thelovenerds.com. I also want to plug this podcast. Hey, we have fun turning out this content for you it's a lot of fun being here so be a part of the patty family and go to patreon.com slash films in black and white um and join uh the patreon uh crew so um but we have marcus a three-step process of success why don't you kick us off with that first step as my boy brian roush would say if he was here he would tell you to read a book. You got to read a book and you can read an audio book. Um, don't let anybody judge you or persuade you. Like you can read an audio book. It's fine. The book is a book. As long as you are reading something, a brochure, a pamphlet, yeah. um, a newspaper, get those words inside your brain, learn a new word. Go yeah. go out there, sign up for one of those apps that send you a new word every day and find out what the word of the day is and expand your vocabulary. For sure. So 100%. Awesome. Step two, drink some water. Y'all, look, we're going to get out. We're going to do more stuff. And your body needs water to run. It's got a lot of shit it's got to do, right? Like, it's got to do, like, a bunch of chemical reactions every day. And it needs water to keep those running. So just make sure you drink your water to keep yourself moving and to keep yourself going um, all day long. You're not lying. He's not lying. I am not. And your final step, listen, I understand it's been raining a lot around here where we are. True. That's not enough water to wash your ass, though. It's not. You have to get in water, and sometimes a shower ain't enough. It's sometimes not. you just gotta get in a tub and soak. And you know what I mean? Like you just you just gotta you just gotta do the Lord's work. You just that's, gotta get in there and clean yourself out. Yeah, and that's between you and the Lord how it you is. decide to do that. It but is. just make sure you do it because yeah. and wash your legs. I keep telling wash people it. this not only your ass, but your legs. Look, the water's not gonna be enough. To clean your feet. Just because no. you're standing in a shower doesn't mean you're walking out with clean feet. Right. Just wash your goddamn yeah. legs. It's and you gotta wash important. the towel. You gotta wash the towel. Yes. Like after about two weeks, throw that put hey, change that towel out. Don't just throw it in the laundromat where it'll get all mildewy. Wash that towel, then wash your ass, repeat. Yeah, exactly. That's I mean, wash your ass, wash your towel, repeat. That's that's the T-shirt right there. Um, gentlemen, Marcus, this has been a great episode, a great throwback for us. Um, we'll be back next week to review uh, Shang Chi, so we are excited to do that. Brian will be back joining us, but in the meantime, stay safe, stay healthy, and we will catch y'all next week. Holla at me. I'm leaving that in there. <laughs> <laughs>